that looking scary. All right. Tonight on Rams Showcase, the Rams sit just one game out of the playoffs with four games to play. Plus, Sean McVay gets self-critical. And later, the Rams host the Seattle Seahawks. We preview the game next on Rams Showcase. Welcome to Rams Showcase on Sports War Radio. What's going on, Rams fans? Welcome back to another edition of Rams Showcase right here on Sports War Radio. I am your host, Joe Branham, but you can and should call me Sheriff Joe Bags, laying down the law for you guys tonight. We've got a pretty cool show for you guys, definitely some news to get into, and then, of course, you guys know how it works. We will be previewing the Seahawks at Rams. That game will be played on Sunday, but not only Sunday, it'll be played on Sunday Night Football, which is just... It's just the best way to watch football, I guess. I mean, in the uh, under the lights in primetime, especially at a venue as beautiful as the Coliseum. I know that the game day experience might not be as top-notch as some of you guys would hope, but it is it is a great stadium. Historical stadium. I think that's what I like so much about it. So, uh, yeah, we got that going for us. And then um, we'll, we'll talk about the Rams. They, they have four games left. We have four games left to play. We are one game out of the playoffs, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but first, it's time to get into the news, so let's go ahead and hop right into that. First and foremost, kick returner slash punt returner JoJo Natson has unfortunately been placed on IR. In the move, the Rams do bring up tight end Kendall Blanton from the practice squad. Uh, this, to me, is a little bit of a sign that tight end Gerald Everett may be missing some more time. We haven't heard anything on that. Uh, unfortunately, I am recording this before the injury reports have come out, so I don't actually know if Everett is participating in practice. It is Wednesday as I'm recording, but like I said, those injury reports are not out yet. So uh, this is, to me though, the, the Kendall Blanton is is being brought up is a sign that we may not see Gerald Everett for another week or two, maybe. So uh, bringing a guy all the way from the practice squad... And then, of course, you'd have to wave him to get him back onto the practice squad, hoping that nobody else picks him up, all that madness. So, uh, yeah, we'll kind of keep an eye on the Gerald Everett situation. I know that he's been playing pretty well, and for some reason, he just plays really well in primetime. So that would be definitely a bummer if he cannot participate in this game. But if Blanton uh, is uh, coming up, then hopefully he can do some awesome stuff. And Tyler Higby last week had a career day and his first 100-yard receiving game. And uh, I believe it was high in, in receptions as well. Caught a touchdown pass, had just an awesome day. But also, I mean, a couple of Rams players had awesome days. Uh, it was against the Cardinals, though, so I don't know how much I want to dig into it. But hey, I mean, good football is good football, which is awesome stuff to watch, especially when it's the Rams playing so well. Uh, next up. Head coach Sean McVay has reached 31 wins as the Rams head coach. If you guys are keeping track at home, he has only played 2.75 seasons or had 2.75 seasons as the Rams head coach and has now matched the number of wins that Jeff Fisher had in just three games shy of five full seasons as the Rams head coach. So definitely a lot faster, almost twice as fast as Jeff Fisher got that. And I know uh, that Jeff Fisher's gone and he doesn't. He can't hurt us anymore, but I still like to talk about it. I still like to compare these because we sat through it. We sat through some really rough years under under Jeff Fisher, and now that we have Sean McVay, things are going a little bit better, and uh, maybe this year it's kind of, you know, we're having a little bit of those growing pains, but 
you know what? I believe in my boys, and I think we're gonna be. I think we're gonna be okay under Sean McVay, and you know, he's pretty critical over himself. Uh, so as as critical as us fans can get, I know Sean McVay very critical. But thirty one wins matching. Jeff Fisher's total. I I did talk about that in a show this offseason. I had mentioned that if the Rams can get to seven wins, that he would tie them. And I didn't think that the seven wins would be so difficult to achieve. But you know what? It's it's fine. It's fine. We're still sitting here. We're right outside of the playoff spot. One game out, four games to play. We're still going to talk about that here in a little bit, though, I promise. Uh, next up, let's see, uh, we got uh, Rams running back Todd Gurley, now fourth all-time in Rams history as far as touchdowns go. He sits behind, uh, let me, stop me if you guys know these names, he sits only behind Torrey Holt, Isaac Bruce, and Marshall Falk. Falk is in first place in that, and Gurley just needs 20 more touchdowns to tie Marshall Falk for that, uh, for leading the Rams all-time in touchdowns, which is really awesome stuff. Uh, Todd Gurley obviously has had a, a few amazing seasons this season is kind of a down year for him, but hopefully we can end it strong uh, whether or not we see the postseason as Rams fans. Hopefully we can end this season strong and uh, send uh, send Todd Gurley into the Rams record books fourth place all time now. So that's pretty awesome stuff. Uh, Todd Gurley, I know he definitely had a pretty good game this last week, which is fun, but I'm actually going to talk about that a little bit in the under the ridge top. So I don't want to go too far into that right now we'll just keep on trucking along as far as news goes rams quarterback jared goff named nfc offensive player of the week for week 13 i'm actually going to look up some stats here because i did I, I mean i'm sure most of you guys know what his stats were but i'm gonna go ahead and look them up real fast so he went 32 of 43 424 yards two touchdown passes no picks and no turnovers at all and Sometimes when Jared Goff is sitting in the pocket, sometimes I get a little bit nervous. And you know what? I I don't feel guilty about that. Sometimes he makes me nervous back there, all right? And sometimes, you know, it's it's interesting to watch Jared Goff play because there's there's times I don't know if I'm the only one or if my my group that I watch with is uh, but I'm sure some of you guys notice as well. You can tell like a a difference in confidence from when Jared Goff is 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 really feeling good about whatever throw he's making. It just has he just has a different feel to it. It's just the way he he pulls the ball back and fires it. It it almost seems like he knows when it's going to be a completion, and then when he doesn't have that, it's almost like well, this is about to be picked off, and then it's not fun anymore for anybody. So, you know, but had an awesome week last week. Uh, definitely was on top of it. So Jared Goff, offensive uh, NFC offensive player of the week for week thirteen. So congrats. That's my quarterback. That is my quarterback. Right there, Jared Goff. Uh, next up, Sean McVay was asked about the increased load and production of Todd Gurley and what is contributing to that. His response, me not being an idiot. And I think that this kind of goes all the way back to the Steelers game where Todd Gurley didn't touch the football at all in the fourth quarter and then comes back the following week, has a really strong game. And then what was well, what was against the Ravens? Not a not a good day for Todd. Only six carries on the ground, and then we come back nineteen carries uh, this last weekend against the Arizona Cardinals. Ninety five yards for an average of five car- five yards per carry, which is very simple math. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to show off my math skills here because a I don't have any, and b that's super simple. So I got that going for me. But I think this is kind of going back to that a little bit, and I think that Sean McVay is understanding that when Todd Gurley touches the football, good thing good things happen. Which brings me right into Under the Ridgetop. 
This week on To The Ridgetop, we are talking about Todd Gurley, and this is kind of just what I have for you guys. If you guys are unfamiliar with Under The Ridgetop, uh, well, first of all, a ridgetop is the kind of hat that my sheriff hat is, and that's that's where that comes from, if you guys were confused. But, uh, so these are my thoughts. Uh, I do have some opinions. Most of the time, I leave my opinions out of it. I let you guys make your own opinions, because you guys are all smart enough people to form your own opinions. Hey, you're listening to Ram Showcase, so that means you're at least a little bit intelligent. So, under the ridge top this week, we're talking about Todd Gurley, and what I wanted to say is, it's almost ridiculous how much better the Rams are when Todd Gurley touches the football a lot, or at least a decent amount of times in a game. 19 carries for 95 yards against the Cardinals. Sure, it's against the Cardinals, but it's becoming a strong trend that when Todd Gurley sees the football a lot, the Rams play well, and when he doesn't, the Rams don't play well and typically lose those games. Uh, we have been so hard on Gurley this season, and uh, a part of that is because of the media in the offseason telling us that he was hurt, and none of that was ever confirmed. So, if I mean, you can believe whatever you want to believe, but that was all unconfirmed. But it's not his fault that he doesn't get his number called, and when he does, that the offensive line simply is a lot worse than they were last year. It's just a rough offensive line, so give Todd Gurley the football, and good things happen. That's that's under the ridge top. That's a it's a very simple one, very simple one, and very very easy to see. I'm not blowing any minds with this one. If, if Todd Gurley touches the football a lot, with or without his injury, which we don't know if it, that even exists, then the Rams do well. So I, I mean, I mean, take take from that what you will, I guess. But Rams play well when Todd Gurley touches the football a lot. So hopefully we get a lot of carries from Todd Gurley to round out the end of this season we got one quarter left of the season we we're 75 percent of the way through and i know that for me uh, that kind of makes me sad that we uh, we have four rams games left maybe more but right now we have four that we know of for sure and we can feel good about because they're literally on a schedule so there's really nothing we can do about it so we gotta wa- we gotta watch those games guys sorry for you uh let's go ahead and get into the leaderboard and prepare yourselves guys this is the first time in a long time We've had different standings, a different order. It, it's been San Fran, Seattle, L.A., Arizona for most of the season, but not this week. Not this week. The San Francisco 49ers lost to the Baltimore Ravens and the Seattle Seahawks defeated the Minnesota Vikings. So we've got some updated standings for you and Seattle Seahawks taking the first place spot. And then we have the San Francisco 49ers. Both of those teams are 10 and 2. The Rams are in third place at 7 and 5. And the Arizona Cardinals in fourth place at 3, 8, and 1. And with the loss to the Rams last week, the uh, the Arizona Cardinals have officially been eliminated from playoff contention. And you're welcome for that, Arizona. You are welcome. Some beatings being handed out uh, from the Sean McVay Rams to the Arizona Cardinals. Sean McVay's never lost to the Arizona Cardinals. And has outscored them by a lot. I want to say it was what one sixty four to thirty two, and he's five and zero. That includes two shutouts. They haven't scored more than I believe it was nineteen points that they scored in one game against the Rams. But two shutouts, a couple of uh, I think there was a six and then a seven. I think that adds up to thirty two. I don't know. I'm pretty bad at math. If you guys don't remember from uh, just a minute ago, uh, the Seattle Seahawks can clinch the NFC or clinch a playoff spot. Excuse me. Uh, with a win over the Rams and the San Francisco 49ers can clinch a playoff spot with a win and a Rams loss. So if the Seahawks win and the 49ers win, they both clinch a playoff spot. And then 
And then our chances, I guess, uh, decrease a little bit. But really, the the Rams are chasing the Minnesota Vikings. We'll talk about that here in a bit, though. Uh, so we got okay. Actually, you know what? We can we can get into that. Actually, let me uh, let me swap this around. And oh, that I guess that was confusing for you audio listeners because uh, of the YouTube channel. Uh, I've started doing that, and I'm I'm kind of catering to that a little bit. So I do apologize for those of you that are having trouble understanding where I'm at and what I'm talking about based on the graphics that I have on the screen for my YouTube audience. And for you YouTubers out there, well, you just get a better experience than everybody else. And if you're not on that, then uh, get on it, and then you can have this awesome experience as well and share that moment with. Some amazing people that watch on YouTube. <laughs> All right, so uh, you know what? I'm not going to do that right now. We're going to get back to that. We're going to go back to how the Rams or the the Rams remaining schedule, basically. Uh, but first, I want to get into. Uh, I want to talk about some uh, some Rams and where they're at so far this season and some projections for you guys. So passing yards, Goff is still fourth in the NFL in passing yards with that big performance. Uh, this last weekend against the Arizona Cardinals, he now has 3,419 passing yards. He is on pa- pace for 4,558. If you guys have been with me for a while, my my preseason Joe Stradamus projection for Jared Goff was that he would throw for 5,000 yards. He's going to need to do something amazing to do that, but I still feel pretty good about uh, where Jared Goff is at as far as his career is developing into. So rushing yards, Todd Gurley has 642. He's on pace for 856. He's got eight touchdowns on the ground. That is a projection for about 10 and a half, but I'm just going to say 10 to 11. And then uh, receiving Cooper Cup, the big leader as far as Rams receiving goes, 945 is only 55 more yards to have a thousand yard season. He's got six touchdowns on the year. He is on pace. Excuse me. He is on pace for 1,260 and eight touchdowns. Excuse me again. I'm going to edit that out at, at, at that cough out. So if you guys just hear silence there for a second, that was me coughing and clearing my throat. Uh, let's see. Robert Woods, 835, but no touchdowns. I was so surprised to see that stat. I was a little blown away to hear that stat, actually. Uh, you know, it doesn't even sound right to me. I almost want to double check because what I was looking at says zero. And I was like, wait a second. I'm trying to think back. Like, has Woods caught a touchdown? And I guess I guess he hasn't. So you know what? Maybe maybe Bobby Trees can get some on this uh, on the on the last part of this this season, last quarter here coming up. And our your leader in sacks is Aaron Donald with nine and a half. He's on pace to for twelve to thirteen. And then Clay Matthews sits at eight. He's on pace for ten to eleven. And Dante Fowler on pace for ten. He's at seven and a half right now. So the Rams are on pace to have three double digit sack artists, and that's pretty cool, you know. So. We got that going for us, but the Rams also, you know, sitting sitting at that seven and five record. It's going to be tough to to make the postseason. We've got some really strong NFC teams. That three game losing streak for the Rams earlier in the season is really coming back to bite them. And you know, we just got to try to make up for it the best we can. But got some really tough games coming up. Uh, some good teams that the Rams will be playing. And uh, now we go. We look at the playoff picture and what uh, what the Rams' remaining schedule looks like. So obviously this week coming up, we the game we will be previewing here shortly is against the Seattle Seahawks, who sit at 10-2. and two. Then the Rams travel to Dallas to take on the 6-6 six and six Cowboys. And then to San Francisco to take on the 10-2 and two San Francisco 49ers. And then at home to end the season against the Arizona Cardinals, who the Rams just defeated 34-7 in Arizona. They are sitting at 3-8-1, like we had discussed 
previously in the standings. So the Rams can take over the sixth seed, though, with a win this weekend against the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday Night Football and a Minnesota loss. So the Minnesota Vikings do play the Detroit Lions, so that's going to be a tough game. Uh, but it's it's definitely possible. I think the Detroit Lions are actually kind of a... Uh, they're one of those teams that I think are playing spoilers just a little bit. But the Minnesota Vikings, very strong team. They gave they gave the Seahawks one heck of a game on Monday Night Football. It was There was a moment there where I was like, oh man, Seattle's running away with this. Which I was unfortunately okay with because I wanted the Rams to be close to a playoff spot. But it was weird like seeing the Seahawks score a touchdown and to feel good about it. I don't, I don't think I've ever done that in my entire life. Feel good about the Seahawks scoring touchdowns, but hey, it happens, all right? Uh, San Francisco can, uh, we did talk about this, San Francisco clinches the playoffs with a win and an L.A. loss or tie, or San Francisco tie and an L.A. loss. So if the Rams lose, it's not going to be good. Good things happen to division opponents if the Rams lose this weekend, and I, I know we don't want that. We don't want good things to happen to these these guys over here. Now, Seattle Seahawks clinch with a win over the Rams, and right now, the Rams do have a 25% chance to make the postseason, which actually isn't terrible. We are only one game behind the Minnesota Vikings, who did just, uh, it doesn't look serious, but their running back, Dalvin Cook, just suffered an injury against the Seahawks on Monday Night Football, and, you know, he's the centerpiece of their offense. I'm not totally convinced that that Kirk Cousins can maintain his level of success, and especially with a beat-up Dalvin Cook. I just, I'm having a hard time thinking that that is something that is legitimately possible, that the, the Vikings can keep going. But if you look over here, for audio listeners, I'm sorry, but if you look over here, tough game's coming up. I do think that the Rams can, can handle the Cowboys and the, the Cardinals. I, I'm not overly concerned about those games. Rams have already lost to the Seahawks and the 49ers. Some good, some good games, but they've already lost, and it's unfortunate because if you look back to the the Rams game against the Seahawks, if Greg Zerline hits the field goal as time expires, the Rams win that game by two instead of losing it by one. And if the Rams win that game by two instead of lose it by one, we're technically in the sixth seed right now because the Rams have have a, a slightly better record in conference than the Minnesota Vikings. So the Rams would be sitting in in a wild card slot right now if that kick would have gone through. And at the time it was it was one of those games where I was really proud of the team and now it's going back to it it's like man like just a just one more play and we could be having a completely different conversation right now. So we already talked about uh, the the Rams upcoming opponents. You guys can see them here on the YouTube channel. If you guys are watching, that's I always go the wrong way. Um you guys can see the opponents here and we're we're getting we're getting real tied in, all right? We are we're right there, and oh man, it's 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 crunch time. All right, it is definitely crunch time. The Rams really can't afford to lose many more games, if any. And that's simply put because it's it's because the 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 NFC is so strong. If the Rams were, you know, in the AFC, well, if the Rams were in the NFC East, we'd be we'd be in the playoffs by a by a game, you know. So. It's just a tough spot to be in. Uh, the NFC West looking really strong this year, and I don't know if any. I don't, uh, of course people expected that, but it's just a, I guess a little jarring that that the the Forty ers coming off of such a bad year, and then the, the the Seahawks. It looks like every year that they might take a, a a a little bit of a dip. They seem to do well, especially later in the season. So this is gonna be a tough game for the Rams. 
This game kicks off, though, at 5.20 L.A. time. Uh, so this game, mentioned it a billion times, this game's going to be played on Sunday Night Football. It opened with the Seahawks favored by one and a half. I did uh, notice as I was preparing for the show here today that that line is now dipped down. It is just now Seahawks by one point. And, of course, the Rams get that three-point favor in their in their way because they're at home. But uh, one-point one favorites now for the Seattle Seahawks. Over-under sits at 48. Let's take a look at the matchup of this game. This is the Rams offense versus the Seahawks defense. We're looking at rankings here. In total yards, the Rams offense is 10th. Seahawks defense is 24th. And passing the football, the Rams offense is 5th in the NFL. Seahawks defense is 29th. So another very poor pass defense for Jared Goff and these Rams receivers to attack, which should be fun to watch. And if, if Goff can can kind of match what he did last week, then that could be it could be a really, really tight game. Uh, you know, Se- Seahawks have mainly been known for their defense, but this year their defense is definitely not as strong, especially in the secondary. Covering the pass is just not their strong point right now. Uh, but against the run, they're really strong. Rams are 25th on the ground, and the Seahawks defense ranks 8th. And in points per game, the Rams are right now 12th, and the Seahawks are at 23rd. So definitely some different numbers than we're used to seeing from the Seattle Seahawks defense. But, hey, I'll take it, you know. What, what are we supposed to do about it? We just, we just get a watch, you know. I have no out. I have no, uh, no control over the outcome of these games. Let's take a look at the other side, though. We got the Seahawks offense versus the Rams defense. Seahawks offense is third in the NFL right now. Rams defense is 12th. And that definitely went up from last last week. I had mentioned that it dropped significantly after that Ravens loss, which is to be understood. If you guys don't understand why, then I can't really help you there. You're going to need a more basic podcast, I think. And uh, definitely bumped up from that win over the Arizona Cardinals, who didn't pass midfield until very late in the game. It was the fourth quarter, and they got to the 49. And he was like, oh, okay, well, they're close. And then, of course, they did score the touchdown, but... Uh, let's see, passing the football, the Seahawks offense is 10th, the Rams defense is 10th. Against uh, In the ground game, Seahawks offense is 3rd, the Rams defense is 13th, and in points score, the Seahawks offense is 5th, and the Rams defense is 13th. A lot of these offensive numbers, uh, you'll, you'll notice, obviously, 3rd overall, 3rd in, uh, in the ground game. Uh, Seahawks have some running backs, for sure. Uh, you know, Chris Carson is a very, very good running back, and I don't think he really gets the, the recognition that he deserves. I think he's a very talented running back, and I think he still flies a little bit under the radar, but you have Russell Wilson, who's absolutely in the running for a an MVP vote this year, and that could definitely happen, so... I wouldn't be surprised to see Russell Wilson win the MVP, but he is against some very stiff competition. One guy the Rams just saw pretty recently, Lamar Jackson. You may have heard that name. Uh, he is obviously a candidate to get it. My vote, personally, I would give it to Christian McCaffrey. That's just me, myself, but uh, it, it's starting to look like it's a Watson, or not a Watson, because he's kind of kind of fallen out of it a little bit, but it looks like it's going to be a Jackson versus Wilson race. But I think McCaffrey, I think he's very, very deserving. That dude is insane. He is absolutely incredible. So let's take a look at the history of this matchup. This is Seahawks versus Rams all time. The Seahawks do lead that series 24-19. The Rams did lose to the Seahawks earlier this season. That was on October 3rd. The Rams would have won if Greg Zuerlein could have kicked the field goal as time expired. It was just a one-point loss for the Rams, and that was a total heartbreaker. And I know a lot of fans because... Rams fans or NFL fans in general, I'm not going to point you guys out specifically, but Rams fans in general, fans, again, I didn't I didn't mean to do it again, but NFL fans in general 
are extremely picky and are very emotional. And when he missed that field goal, a bunch of a bunch of Rams fans wanted him wanted him gone and all this stuff. But you know, you got to remember that this guy very very recently, less than a year ago, hit two massive field goals in the NFC Championship game to send the LA Rams to the Super Bowl. And, you know, I, I think that alone earns him a few more years. I believe Greg Zerline's 31. He's going to be here for a little bit longer. I'm I'm hoping, at least, my fingers are crossed, that, that Jeezy stays around. And so, same with Hecker, obviously. I don't think Hecker's going anywhere. But Jeezy, uh, we, we can see what the kickers throughout the NFL look like right now. And Greg Zerline, uh, he's still one of the best in the NFL, whether whether you want to admit that or not. Uh, but let's see, the, the Rams hosting the Seattle Seahawks all time. The Rams do hold the lead in that series 11 and 9, can increase that to 12 and 9 or drop to 11 and 10, depending on the outcome of this upcoming Sunday night football game. Uh, well, I'm going to end here with my Joe Stradamus. Not a, not a super long show for you guys tonight. We're going to probably be under 30 minutes total. But my Joe Stradamus this week is basically, it, it's pretty basic. I'll say that, but I'm going to go ahead and say that both the Rams and the Vikings win thrilling games. I think both of these games come come down to the wire, two divisional games. Of course, I would love to see the Vikings lose and the Rams win, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think the, the Vikings will pull it out against the, the Lions, and I think the Rams can pull it out against the Seattle Seahawks. You know, this is it was a very close game in Seattle last time, and of course, it's a little bit different team now because you know time has gone on and I think that the Rams being at home for this one knowing what their playoff you know hopes look like it to this point of the season I think that the Rams come in pretty hot in this game Seahawks defense really isn't that good this year and the Rams are you know 10th in total offense 12th in total defense which I, I think that's pretty strong and that those are playoff level numbers that we're looking at here as far as rankings go but you take away games like well a the Seahawks game from before where the Rams just barely lost that one and probably I would say should should have won but it doesn't matter anymore because they lost that game but then you take away games that you know against the the Buccaneers where it just seemed like nothing was going right for the Rams and then the Baltimore game that was going to be a tough game to win anyway but it's looking back at those games it's like man if we could have just done a little bit better in some of these maybe like it would be a t- totally different season the Rams are obviously sitting just outside of the playoffs and are very close but at the same time you know it's I, f- I feel like they're ranked where they belong which is one the first team out of the playoffs I think that the the way that they've played this season I think is is totally reasonable to have them be the seventh team in the NFC and I know that they're better than the Cowboys but I also the, the Cowboys are sitting in the playoff spot because of their leading their division but I'm totally okay with that I'm okay if the, the Rams have a better record than a d- division winner and they don't make the playoffs and that's simply because I like the idea that you just have to win your division if you want to make it to the playoffs and you want to know that you're going to make it to the playoffs win your division and so the Cowboys doing that, sure, they're probably going to be like 7-9, but hey, it happens. You know what? It, it happens. The Seahawks made it to, to the postseason 7-9, and then that's how we got the Beastquake run. That was the 2010 season, which I remember extremely vividly because it was Bradford's rookie year and the Rams. Uh, the division came down to Week 17, Rams at Seahawks, and Charlie Whitehurst ruined all my dreams. He ruined all my happiness, so... I don't know. It's it's it's. I remember it so vividly, and I remember watching that game, the the Seahawks and and Saints game, 
And I remember my thought just being, that should be us. Like, that, that should have been Steven Jackson, you know. But it wasn't. So I don't know what to tell you guys. Uh, that's going to do it for me, though. Pretty short show, like I had mentioned. Uh, we've been doing that, actually, pretty regularly. So maybe I should stop saying that it's a pretty short show because they're all about the same length now. I think we just do shorter shows now, which, you know, it happens. So uh, get you guys in and out, you know. I don't want to waste all you guys' time, which is good. So uh, that is going to do it for me. Make sure you guys follow the Ram Showcase on all your favorite social media. That's at Ram Showcase on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Ram Showcase. You can follow me as well at Sheriff Joe Bags on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Sheriff Joe Bags. Pretty simple stuff, right? Pretty simple stuff. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate you guys. Uh, this is going to be a good game. I'm, I'm really jacked for this game. You know, that... that that Cardinals game kind of got me a little bit revved up, and I know it's the, the Cardinals, and they are a bad team, and Kyler Murray was questionable. We didn't even really know if he was going to play, and then he did, but I still feel pretty good about this offense right now. I feel like it's kind of started to click a little bit. I feel like I feel like Sean McVay was really just doing his thing. I did want to mention this, though. I forgot to put this in my notes. If I see another wide receiver screen on third down, I might lose my mind. I am so sick of seeing wide receiver screens on third down. I counted them. There was six six wide receiver screens on third down against the Arizona Cardinals. That is outrageous. That is so many. That is, if I can see that, if we can all see that, then you know defensive coordinators are seeing this, and that's not good. Okay, so Sean, Sean, if you can hear me, stop calling wide receiver screens on third down, man, or maybe do like a fake one just once or something, or just, you know, maybe call some other plays on third down, because wide receiver screens on third down getting a little bit ridiculous all right that's my closing thoughts that's gonna be it for me uh i am sheriff joe bags this has been ram showcase on sports war radio for those of you that aren't rams fans our thoughts and prayers are with you for those of you that are rams fans thank you guys so much for listening and you guys have a great night